0: Be sure to listen all the way through our podcast, because Bill and Cameron will also have a special segment involving superheroes, and we'll tell you all about an awesome new book. If you like our podcast, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud. Are you ready to have fun? Let's start the Super Sleuth Podcast.
1: Welcome to episode number nine. Cameron, let's talk a little bit about who our featured person was the last episode. Do you remember who that was? Yes.
2: Our featured person was Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
1: Yes. And the book that we used has a similar title. It's called Ruth Bader Ginsburg, The Case of RBG Inequality, written by Jonah Winter and illustrated by Safi Inhurst. Let's do the vocabulary from the last episode. you want to do the first
2: one? Yeah. So the first word was perseverance, and it's a noun, and it means sticking to a purpose or an aim, not giving up on what one has set out to do.
1: The second word that we were looking for the last time was anti-Semitism, which is a noun, and it is a dislike or hatred for Jews.
2: And then the last word was evidence, which is a noun, and it means objects, documents, and facts used in a court of law to back up a legal argument.
1: And now we're ready. Cameron's going to tell you who the superhero was. Yes.
2: So the superhero was Green Arrow. So if you guessed Green Arrow, that is correct.
1: And now we're ready for the clues for this episode's featured person. I will start with the first one. Clue number one, at four years of age, he watched the wounded and injured soldiers returning from World War I and was deeply touched wanting to help them. Clue number one, at four years of age, he watched the wounded and injured soldiers returning from World War I and was deeply touched wanting to help them.
2: Clue number two, when when his friends played games, he often read so they would ask him to referee because he was fair and knew the rules. (laughs) Clue number two, when his friends played games, he often read so they would ask him to referee because he was fair and knew the rules.
1: Clue number three. His parents fled Lithuania and Russia to escape religious persecution. Clue number three. His parents fled Lithuania and Russia to escape religious persecution.
2: Clue number four. His mother, Dora, had little formal education and learned English after coming to America, but she could read and write only Yiddish when he was a child. (laughs) Clue number four. His mother, Dora, had little formal education and learned English after coming to America, but he could read and write only Yiddish when he was a child.
1: Clue number five, because his father worked as a lace maker, he was often out of work and the family was poor. (laughs) Clue number five, because his father worked as a lace maker, he was often out of work and the family was poor.
2: Clue number six, His parents taught him the importance of education, kindness, and doing good works. Clue number six. His parents taught him the importance of education, kindness, and doing good works.
1: Clue number seven. At the City College of New York, where tuition was free, he discovered his passion for chemistry, earned his M.D. from New York University. Clue number seven. At the City College of New York, where tuition was free, he discovered his passion for chemistry, earned his M.D. from New York University.
2: Clue number eight. At the University of Michigan, he and Dr. Thomas Francis Jr. researched a medicine called a vaccine to protect people from the flu, which in 1918 killed millions of people around the world. (laughs) Clue number eight. At the University of Michigan, he and Dr. Thomas Francis Jr. researched a medicine called a vaccine to protect people from the flu, which in 1918 killed millions of people around the world.
1: Clue number nine. In 1947, he took a position at the University of Pittsburgh and four years later developed a killer virus vaccine for polio, which he administered to himself, his wife, and sons. Clue number nine. In 1947, he took a position at University of Pittsburgh and four years later developed a killed virus vaccine for polio, which he administered to himself, his wife, and sons.
2: Clue number 10. The March of Dines Foundation provided funding for the testing of almost 2 million children who were called the polio pioneers to make sure the vaccine was safe for everyone. Clue number 10. The March of Dimes Foundation provided funding for the testing of almost two million children who were called the polio pioneers to make sure the vaccine was safe for everyone.
1: Clue number 11, because of his research and the development of a polio vaccine, the disease is quite rare today, and he is considered one of the leading scientists of the 20th century. (laughs) Clue number 11, because of his research and the development of a polio vaccine, the disease is quite rare today. And he is considered one of the leading scientists of the 20th century. Clue number 12. In
2: 1963, he launched his own research organization known as the Salk Center for Biological Studies in California. Clue number 12. In 1963, he launched his own research organization known as the Salk Center for Biological Studies in California.
1: And now we're ready for our vocabulary. The first word we're looking for is a noun, and the definition is any medicine used to prevent a specific disease such as polio or smallpox. We're looking for a noun, a word that means any medicine used to prevent a specific disease such as polio or smallpox.
2: The next definition is a noun, and it means a child in the first three grades of elementary school who took part in the first national test of a trial polio vaccine conducted in 1954. The next clue is a noun, and the definition is a child in the first three grades of elementary school who took part in the first national test of a trial polio vaccine conducted in 1954.
1: The third vocabulary word we're looking for is an also a noun. The definition is a high German language with a mixed, mixture of vocabulary from Hebrew and the Slavic languages spoken mainly by Jewish immigrants. The word we're looking for is a noun, and the definition is a high German language with an admixture of vocabulary from Hebrew and the Slavic languages spoken mainly by Jewish immigrants. Now, all three of these words are in the clues today, so that's just one additional help for you. We're also very lucky today to have Ellie with us, who's going to read the last section of our book. She might want to tell us the title before she starts.
3: Well, thanks, Dr. B. Welcome back, everyone. And we are back with our mystery story, A Wilcox and Griswold Mystery, The Case of the Bad Apples by Robin Newman and illustrated by Deborah Zemecki. Where we last left off in our story, um, Dr. Ein Swine he found Porcini's test results, and they were on their way to Porcini's pen to um, give him his test results. So we are on Chapter 5, Hogs and Kisses. one oh five p.m., in front of the pig pens. Dr. Alberta Einzwein was trotting up just as we got there. Sweet Pea was there, too. "'Porcini, you may want to sit down,' said Dr. Einzwein. "'I have the results of your talk screen.' "'Is it bad news?' he asked. "'I'm afraid,' she started to say. "'How much time do I have? "'Days? "'Hours?' "'He choked up. "'Minutes?' "'Your talk screen showed high levels of...' "'Porcini looked scared, but it was Sweetpea who was sweating like a pig. "'Cyanide.' "'Not cyanide,' wheezed Porcini.' Not cyanide, gasped Sweet Pea. What cyanide? asked Porcini. Poison. I was po-po-poisoned? Porcini turned lime green, his knees buckled, and he fainted. He was po-po-poisoned, said Sweet Pea. She turned pea green, her knees buckled, and she fainted. The captain placed a damp cloth on Sweet Pea's brow while Dr. Einswine. "'told Porcini to take deep, slow breaths. "'It's time to fess up, sweet pea,' I said. "'I'm s- 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 sorry blubbered sweet pea as she came to. "'I never meant to hurt p- Porcini.' "'It was you?' oinked Porcini. "'You were so sad. "'I just wanted to cheer you up with a basket of Granny Smith apples. "'Cross my hooves, I did not p-p-p-poison anything. "'Well, if you didn't poison me, then who did?' Was it Herman or Hot Dog? It wasn't Herman or Hot Dog, I said. Well, it had to be somebody, snorted Puccini. Who? Dr. Einswein took a deep breath. It was you? Me? I poisoned myself? Puccini turned the color of a bright red delicious apple. That's completely pigdiculous. Do the math, said Dr. Einzwein. You ate around 30 apples, assuming an average of five seeds per apple. By my calculations, that's 150 seeds. Each apple seed contains amygdalin, which becomes cyanide when chewed and d- digested. Eating so many apple seeds is what poisoned you. Stop eating apple seeds, and you should feel better soon. Porcini was relieved. So relieved, he gave Sweet Pea a whole hog and kiss. Detectives, I'm sorry, said Sweet Pea. I should have g- told you the truth, but I was scared you'd think I poisoned Pucci- Porcini. How did you know the apples were from me? It was the second set of hoof prints found on the apples. They were like Porcini's, but smaller. Those same hoof prints were found on the mud near the basket. You're the only pig on the farm with hooves that size. And then there was your blanket, my blanket. At first, I thought Granny referred to Granny Granny Hammy, but in fact, doesn't it say Granny Smith? Sweet Pea spread out her blanket for everyone to see. Granny Hammy made my blanket from a Granny Smith apple sack. Did I hear my name? Granny Hammy squealed. Sweet Pea, detectives! I promise I'll never eat another apple again, owing to porcini. From now on, apples are forbidden fruit. What about my fresh-baked apple pie? Asked Granny Hammy. Hot out the oven. Perhaps I could make a small exception, oinked Porcini. I hate to be rude. News of fresh-baked apple pie traveled faster than two shakes of a lamb's tail. The captain tossed me an apple. Thanks, I said, taking a bite. Captain, maybe there's some truth to to the saying. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. An apple a day, indeed. 3 p.m case closed. Food for thought. It is true that picking out on apple seeds can make you sick. Apple seeds contain amygdalin, which releases small amounts of cyanide when it's chewed and and comes into contact with digestive enzymes. But you would have to chew lots of apple seeds to actually get sick. So have your apple a day, and if you accidentally eat a few apple seeds, do not worry. They are safe to eat in small quantities. Boys and girls, the case you just read was about some bad apples that turned out to be pretty good after all. Every day there's a food problem on the farm. Sometimes it's missing or lost. Sometimes it's stolen. Sometimes it's just applesauce. With all these animals, you can be sure of one thing. Trouble. It only takes one bad apple to spoil the bunch. Whatever the food, whatever the crime— MFIs make the bad guys do the time. Thanks, boys and girls, for listening.
1: Thank you, Ellie. That was wonderful. And I'm looking over at Cameron, and he has his superhero shirt on again, and I'm sure he's going to give you a clue.
2: Yes. So the superhero for this episode, uh, she can fly. Um, she has superhuman strength. And she made an appearance in Adventures in Game. So if you have any guesses as to who our mystery person is, or our vocabulary words, or who the superhero is, you can send an email to Frostburg CLC, and that's all lowercase, at gmail.com, or you can send a message to us via SoundCloud.
1: Thank you, Cameron. And now we're gonna give a clue before we end for the next episode.
2: R-E-S-B-C-T, find out what it means to me. I-